Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast that's a platform for mothers who are artists and creatives to share the joys and issues they've encountered while continuing to make art. Regular themes we explore include the day-to-day juggle, how mothers' work is influenced by their children, mum guilt, how mums give themselves time to create within the role of mothering, and the value that mothers and others place on their artistic selves. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, together with music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our lively and supportive community on Instagram. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Boantic people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is recorded on. Thank you so much for joining me today. My guest this week is Judy Richards. Judy is an artist, a mother of three, and a grandmother of eight from Mount Gambier in Australia, the first grandmother that I've had on the podcast. Judy has been creative her whole life. She always loved to colour in and draw, learned to crochet as a 10-year-old, and her mother would always buy a few balls of wool for her when she did her groceries. Judy loved making blankets for everyone in the family. As a 13-year-old, Judy learned to sew on her mum's old treadle sewing machine. Her first major project was a high school skirt because mum couldn't afford to buy one. She used to make most of her clothes in her late teens and when she had her own children, she would sew most of their clothes too. In the late 80s and throughout the 90s, Judy taught herself to paint. No social media back in those days or YouTube to learn on, so Judy dove into the books. In 1995, she opened her own art studio called Omega Rose Crafts and Gifts, where she taught art and painted, made dolls, quilts, you name it, Judy did it. She'd be up until all hours of the morning. The studio closed after two and a half years when her husband's business circumstances changed, so Judy started selling at the local markets and did so every Saturday. By 2003, she was feeling so burnt out. Around 2010, Judy got back into drawing and pen work and occasionally painting, selling a bit but doing it more to keep busy. And she loved giving them away. She's still very creative today, her favourites being crocheting and painting. As a 40-year-old, Judy did some more study and became a nail technician, still utilising her creativity but on clients' nails. After working from home for 20 years and feeling the effects of COVID on her business, Judy is now looking for her next challenge. This episode contains discussions around suicide, depression, alcoholism and anxiety and domestic violence. Judy has experienced many heartbreaks in her family, losing two brothers, one to suicide and the other to alcoholism. Judy feared depression for a long time and uses her creativity to keep her busy and she leans into it if she isn't feeling mentally strong. Judy lives by the motto, if you don't know how to do it, learn it, try it. You can't say you can't do something until you've tried it. If today's episode is triggering for you in any way, I encourage you to seek help from those around you, medical professionals or from resources online. I've compiled a great list of international resources. can be accessed via the website www.alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The music you'll hear on today's podcast is from my trio, 
Alem Joe, which is myself, my sister Emma and her husband John, and we play new age and ambient music. I hope you enjoy today's episode. And throughout the podcast today, you'll hear from a little visitor, Judy's three-year-old grandson, Leo. Thank you so much for coming on, Judy. Yeah, it's so nice. such a pleasure to meet you again after yeah. many years. <laughs> but to be in your home today, this is the first time I've actually taken my gear out and not been in my studio. So yeah. this is very exciting. Yeah, it's exciting for me too. Hello. <laughs> Oh dear. And that's fine if he comes in, that's all good. He's just what is going on in there? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I've watched a couple of your things and oh I'm my like, goodness. yeah, that's being a mum. It is and that's the truth, isn't it? Like nothing ever goes perfectly how you expect no, it. No, it's always these ups and downs and I think that's yeah. life. I think, you know, we live in a world and everybody expects everything to be perfect. Your home has to be perfect, mm-hmm. your life has to be perfect, you have to have the perfect job, you have to have everything perfect. That's not life. Life doesn't work like that. Um, I didn't grow up in the most perfect environment growing up as a child, but I had a mother who loved us Mm. so much. And even though my dad left, and my mum, it was me and my four brothers, and it wasn't easy because she was a very sick lady. But she taught me who I wanted to be. I wanted to be like her. I wanted to be that woman that would... I'm a very forgiving person. I don't hold grudges because I just don't think life's worth it. And um, she taught me about being creative. Like, you know, she, well, I was crocheting at nine, ten years old. Yeah. You know? I used to make my brothers a blanket. I'd make mum a blanket. She would do the groceries and she'd bring home a couple of balls of wool and mm. I'd start the next one. Like, you know. And then um, by the time I was 13, I was dressmaking. So I've been creative my whole life. But yeah just doesn't stop. Yeah. I can't sit down and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. But, oh. you know, that's part of life, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's not, so, a, it's not a bad sort of habit to have, really. <laughs> you know. You like um, to keep yourself busy and active. Idle minds aren't good, I believe. Mm. You know, people go, oh, I can't do that. Like, I haven't tried. Mm. That's the biggest thing. Yep. My whole life, I like a challenge. Yep. In my artwork, I like a challenge. I'll try something totally new. And I go, what am I doing? <laughs> but, you know, I never let it get to me. And um, and then, you know, I've got children. So, and now they're adults. And now I've got grandchildren. And, but, yeah, it's just, it's just life. You've just mm. got to make the most of it. Yeah. And I guess then you would have it would have been important for you to instill that, those sort of yes. ideals into your own yeah, children growing up. You know, yeah. And I'm really proud of who my daughters have become. You know, life's not always easy, you know, and I, and I see that in their lives and I've watched um, a couple of daughters struggle here in life at times and but I just encourage them to keep going and... Um, and my youngest daughter, Megan, I always say to her, you remind me of my mum. You're stronger than you think. And you'll, you, nothing, it will get you down now, but you'll get through it, like, you know. And I think that's what you've got to look at in life, that you can allow things to pull you down. And um, that's where depression can come in. Or you can allow life just 
to fight for what you believe in. And I've always believed in my marriage, so I've always fought through it, and we've had some really tough times. But, um, and I instill that into my kids. It's not perfect. I think this is the thing these days with all this social media that's on the scene now. Like everyone shows the, you know, the, the perfect photos and the perfect snapshots yeah. of their life, and it's not reality. It's just that tiny moment. That's right. You know, but then if you're feeling a bit insecure or you know you're you're a bit down on yourself or your circumstances, that can make a massively negative difference to you. Absolutely. You know? And I think the worst part about social media is how you look. Mm -hmm. It's like if you don't look a certain way, you're not good enough for society. That's not how it is. Mm -hmm. Now, I get a lot of ladies at church always say to me, Oh, gee, look how you dress. You always look nice. Well, it's not that hard. <laughs> it's like I have a skirt and a jumper on today. Like, you know, I've got someone yeah. who goes, Well, where are you going all dressed up? It's just who I am. I like clothing and I like to look nice. Um, yeah. But it's not hard. Yeah. Everything will actually me. 90% of my clothes come out of Kmart, yeah. you know, but yeah. it's not hard. Um, I used to dress make all the time when I had my children. Mm -hmm. We lived on one wage, so there wasn't money to spend on clothing. And so my son machine was sitting on my kitchen table all the time. Yeah. My husband got so sick of it that he built me a room out the back so I could sew out the back room so we could have the kitchen table oh, clear. Especially awesome. when I was being creative and I was doing the markets and didn't have the social media that we have yeah. today. Yeah. So I, when I started painting and then I had friends ask me to teach, so then I started teaching. And then mm -hmm. in 97, I opened an art studio and it was called Omega Rose Crafts and Gifts. Yeah. And so two and a half years I had that studio. And, you know, I'd drop the kids off to school and I would go to the studio and spend the day there and, Either I would whip to pick them up or Pete's dad would pick them up, drop them off at the studio and they would go into the classroom and do their schoolwork or they'd go to their grandparents, either one. And But it was a really good experience for me. It was about learning how to run my own business mm -hmm. and the goods and the bads yeah. with it because there's always that. Yeah. Um, and then my husband's business partner decided he wanted out. So we had to buy our main breadwinner. And so my studio had to close. Yeah. And then I was like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Like, mm -hmm. it was crazy. I had so much. So I went out to Fletcher Joe Markets. I was yep. there for five years. Yeah, right. And so every Saturday, I was there every Saturday for five years. And so I kept making stuff, making <laughs> stuff, making stuff. And then it came to the point where um, I got burnt out. Mm -hmm. And I think... 
that's why now when I come to create the creative side of things, I sometimes I'll start something and I'll go, all right, I'll start selling that. But the last couple of years, I've just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm. Yeah. Because you burn yourself out. Yeah. And if you're not careful, that desire that you enjoyed becomes a headache. Mm. And I love to crochet. I crochet blankets and I sell some. But if I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's no pressure. If I, no, there's no pressure. I just finished one. I thought I had it sold. It's not sold. I'm not fussed. Mm. It's in my colour, so I can always keep it. Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I love giving away stuff as presents. Children started coming along. I started crocheting and making crochet toys. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Just love it. And I make. I may have made heaps, and I did a couple of markets, and um, one market I did a couple of years ago, and people were just like, "Oh no, that's too dear. I'm not paying that." And I'm mm. like, "There's hours in these," and mm. I'm just like, "And me, I don't do stuff to make money. I do stuff because I enjoy it." But if I can sell something, it's fine. But I never put a high price on something. Mm-hmm. So I just figured that's the price I've put on it. Either pay for it or go without. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that that's something I'm noticing a lot on social media at the moment is that um, people who make who are hand-making things are actually, you know, standing up for themselves and yeah. saying, this isn't mass-produced in, no, you know, right. some far-off country by people who don't get paid very much. You mm. know, this is, like you said, it takes so long. It's a... You know, you've got all these years of skills behind you that you've built up. Yeah, that's and right. You, you know, you shouldn't feel like you have to justify what right. you what you're asking for. But it's like, damn it, this is what it costs. You know, like you said, yeah. you're not putting like a tremendous markup no. on top of it. It's like, I don't know. My motto is, I want my money back for materials and just a little bit extra. Yep. Yeah. I'm happy with yeah. that. Yeah. I, you know, kids are all grown up and gone, and now I've got. Eight grandchildren. Oh, well. <laughs> Eight grandchildren. Yeah. But I only have three here. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you see, I've got little Leo today and yep. he's just he's just my baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves me. It's just grandma, grandma, grandma. But, um, you know, and the rest live in Queensland. So that's really hard because I don't get to see them that often. Yeah. But we keep in contact with one another. But, you know, um, yeah. And having that enjoyment with your family is so important because before you know it, they're gone. Yeah. You know? And I don't have much of my family left because my mum died a long time ago and I've lost a couple of brothers. And so I was always, I've got my girls. Mm -hmm. But no, I don't (laughs) because they're gone. You know, Raquel's been gone over 20 years. Yeah. And Megan's been gone four and a half years. And I'm glad Bo's here. She nearly left, but she came back, and um, she's not going nowhere. <laughs> so, well, just yeah, she's not going nowhere. So at least I have someone. But you don't realise how important family is. 
until you don't have it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, you sort of take it for granted a little bit, don't you? But yeah, it's, you do. They're just there and they'll always be yeah. there and then yeah. when they're not, yeah. Yeah, that's it. It sounds like you've got the right attitude, though, to, you know, to keep going. You have to believe. Yeah. And my faith in God is the biggest part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I stepped away from it for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I watched my life fall in a hole. Yeah, right. I watched my marriage nearly break up quite a few times. And then only a few years ago, I decided it was like there was something missing. Mm -hmm. And I decided... I know what's missing, it's my faith in God and and it's strong and it's what has kept me going over my life. And um, as I shared with you, I've watched depression destroy my family, my brothers. Um, I had a brother eight years ago commit suicide and him and I were not quite twins but near enough, we're only 10 months apart. Yeah. And so him and I were extremely close and so that just rocked my world. I thought losing my mum when she was only 48 rocked my world until my brother died. So it, you just have to, and, I, and people will say to me, you don't get it, Judy, you've never suffered it. No, I haven't, oh, but I've lived it. Yeah. I have lived I've been that other person sitting there living with it, with all my brothers, and I've had two to three girlfriends that have suffered extremely, really bad. I've got a really close friend that's going through lots right now. And I'm just there for her, you know, you can't. And sometimes you lose people. I lost one friend. I, it got to the point it was destroying me. Yeah. So you, you have, have to, to be yourself, careful. You, you do have to protect yourself. Yeah. When it's your family, that's a little bit hard sometimes, but you do, you have to go, no, sorry. Yeah. You know, my brothers get a bit, the one that I've got here is not well, and the other one lives away, so it's just my two baby brothers I've got left. And... They suffer really, really bad. Yeah. And it's really hard watching it. Mm. It's really hard watching it. So for many years, I had a fear of depression. Yeah. The fear was, am I going to come down with that too? Mm -hmm. Watching my dad and um, all my brothers, yeah. they have all attempted suicide. Gosh. And it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And you, so my faith is what? has kept me, I, I, I truly believe my faith has kept me strong. Yeah. It, 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 do I have a bad day? Ah, yeah, we all have bad days. Mm. You know. And what do I do when I have a bad day? I pick up a good book or I go into my art room and yeah. I start painting, like, you know, <laughs> or I pick up the crochet and start crocheting. I focus on something totally different. Yeah. Get your mindset changed around.
my motto in life is today. Mm -hmm. My mum was like that because yeah. she was so sick. My mum was a chronic asthmatic yeah. from the day she was born to the day she died. Oh, and, and she was a very sick lady. But her motto in life was today. She would say, well, yesterday's done. What can you do about it? Mm. Yep. Don't let it destroy you. That's what do we all do? Yeah. Everybody lets the past control them, mm. destroy them. And then we all stress about tomorrow. Mm. It hasn't even happened. Yeah. Like, you know, someone asked me once, but Jude, how do you make plans? Oh, yeah, I make plans. That's, that's life. Yeah. Yeah. I said, but I don't stress about, oh, my God, is this going to happen or is that going to happen? I don't, I don't focus on that. I focus on today. I enjoy my day. Even if I don't do anything and I'm sitting there <laughs> grocerying all day, it doesn't matter. I enjoy my day. Yeah. And having eight grandchildren, because being a grandmother is totally different from being a mum, <laughs> totally different. Yeah. I loved being a mum. That was That's something I absolutely loved. But having grandchildren, oh, it's so, so special. Yeah. So special. I was there when the first two were born. And um, and not being around five of them is pretty hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, but the three that I have here, I spend as much time as I can. Yeah. And um, I've been looking after Leo um, every fortnight since he was born. So Bo could have some her time. Yeah. And I just love it. And the other day, I was at their place and he's like, Grandma, Grandma, Grandma. just started I was teaching myself to paint mm -hmm. I tried a couple of classes and I left them thinking oh that didn't teach me anything so I was determined to learn and how do you learn back in the old days we never had YouTube yeah <laughs> so it was yeah. like books 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 I just had a cupboard full of books mm -hmm. and so I would teach myself to paint um yeah it was just high time I don't know oh, if yeah. you've ever heard about high time. Yeah, it really used to be at yeah. the Baptist church. Yeah, yeah. That was the go-to for us mums. Yeah, us mums, and it's quite sad that it's not around anymore because I think there'd be a lot of young mums here that would benefit from it. Yeah. Um, but it was great because they had all these different craft groups, mm -hmm. and so each month you'd go from one to another to another. Yeah. So you learn different techniques. So you would learn something new. And like, you know how um, the modelling clay earrings are really big? Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to make them back then. <laughs> I was making them in the 90s. Yeah. I've still got a brooch that I made. Um, uh, and, you know, just learning new things. I was always wanting to learn new things. And, mm -hmm. you know, even in dressmaking, um, you would learn, you'd see something there. And I'm like, oh, 
that looks interesting. I'm, I want to have a go at that. Mm -hmm. And I remember my girlfriend, Tracy, she actually lives in Queensland too, so we still keep in touch. But she was going as well, and then we'd get asked to teach. Ah, yeah. It's like, well, dude, you can do that really well. Do you want to teach once? <laughs> and I was like, I suppose. And I remember we did these puff paint jumpers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I asked my girls about it. Oh, my goodness. And then Tracy's girls, they still talk about those puff paint jumpers. <laughs> we crack up and we laugh. It's so funny, oh. but the things we used to do. Yeah. But, yeah, no, they were good times, like, yeah. you know. And I just think today, I, I look at a lot of social media, I watch a lot of home de decor shows, mm -hmm. and what's, what inspires me now, I see a lot of women out there building their own furniture mm. and doing their houses up, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, because I think you've got to have the mindset, well, I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to try. Yes. And I think that is a really poor mindset, because as I say to people, you can't say you can't do something unless you've tried it. I'm teaching myself watercolour. Well, yeah, that's yeah. a whole new kettle of fish. <laughs> but I had a friend around the other day, my husband was away for the weekend, and so we did a bit of watercolour, and she said, oh, look how much you've done, dude. And I'm finding it easier. The more I do it, oh, the easier yeah, I find it. it's a practice, isn't it? It is yeah. a practice. Yeah. But it's like anything you yeah, do. Crocheting is the same. Yeah. You just can't say you can't do something. Mm. Because, you know, because there's a lot of people out there today, I suppose in our kids' generation, don't know how to sew a button, mm -hmm. don't know how to cook properly yep. because that guy can't do it. Yeah. But get out and try. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember learning to sew. I made my school uniform. Oh, wow. Because my dad didn't want to spend the money that it was going to cost because even a gabardine, just straight gabardine school skirt, yep. I went to Grant, was still like $70. And mm. back then, that was a lot of money. And yeah. so I had this horrible skirt that I had to <laughs> plastic wasted. The boys would pick on me, they'd pull it down. Oh. It was terrible. And um, so my mum brought some gabardine, yeah. and that's I used it in my class at school and made my school. Why well, put a zip in a pencil case when I could make a skirt? Oh, like you know, I'm that's so ask, inspiring, Judy. I that's remember like... asking my teacher, "Do I have to make a pencil case?" And she said, "Yes, it's a part of the class." I said. Is it about a zip? She said, yeah, well, I'm making my skirt for school. Why can't I do the zip in that? And yeah. she's like, oh, well, there's no reason why you can't. Yeah. So I went from there. And fr from there, <laughs> my dressmaking just ballooned. Yeah. So. yeah it's good that you, your teacher recognised, you know, that you had that curiosity and that interest and, and supported that, you know. I think that's important. Yeah. You need to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
people full length paint draw or um I tried equation class, that was not easy. Yeah. Because yes. you get so many different people at different stages and I remember one class of you, I just didn't stop. I was just like yeah. one person to the next. Be pretty full on. <laughs> you know, and I get a lot of people say, Oh gee, teach us how to make those toys and they go, Can you crochet? Mm. And I go, No, and I'm like, Yeah, well then no. <laughs> Come back to me when you can crochet. <laughs> really robust isn't he yeah oh he's beautiful so I, i'm doing just a few plain bears at the moment yeah because <coughs> yeah. when my youngest daughter had a baby this year and i did her a heap of bibs and dribble bibs and mm -hmm. um stuff like that and because i crochet baby blankets i'm going to do a couple of baby bundles yeah and right. hopefully i can sell those so because mm -hmm. they're not something you can just buy down the street oh yeah so, that's it isn't it yeah, it's like when I was a baby, like I remember that era of, of all that handmade, everything was made with love and special individual pieces. Yeah. And then everything's just called mass produced, yep. pumping That's out it. sort of stuff. And I That's feel it. like people are craving for that, and you know, individual babies, stuff again. Um, babies for very long. Yeah. They grow up so quick. And I think also, like my mum used to say, Back in her day, we were dressed like baby babies for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, at the moment, they're born. How old's that child? <laughs> yeah, they're in their jeans yeah, and their slippers, like, their sneakers okay. on. <laughs> I mean, there's some absolutely gorgeous clothes out there. Oh, I was yeah. in a best and less the other day looking at something, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I need another baby. Have a look at that dress. <laughs> Oh, I often get like that with girls' clothes because I've got two boys and I've got mm -hmm. a niece. So if I ever see something pretty, I'm like, oh, I'll get that for Ruby, you know, because yeah. I don't get to buy girls' clothes. I'm always much. Like, picking up stuff for those kids. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's just crazy. Like, mm. yeah. But time just flies. Like, yeah. I'm coming up 60. It's just mad. Really, oh. it's just mad. My yeah. girl's about to turn 40 next year and it's like, oh, if you're 40, I'm only 60. I'm like, <laughs> where's that time gone? <laughs> oh, dear. But I, I think life is special. When I turned 50, I celebrated my 50th, not just for me, but for my mum who never made 50. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I thought she never got to this momentum of turning 50, which every it is an important. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people don't like to celebrate their birthdays. But it's an important part of our life, yeah. you know. It's just yeah, and that milestone of fifty, like you said, your mum's forty-eight. Like yeah, did that when you turned forty-eight? Did you sort of go, oh yes, my gosh, like yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty. Prepared. I noticed it when Pete turned forty-eight because he's a couple of years older than me. Yeah. But then when I turned forty-eight, I'm like, and see, my mum because of her next sickness looked probably 10, 15 years older than what she was. Yeah. So and I'm like, 48, it's so young. Mm. Like, it's so young. And um, life was only, to me, it felt like it was only just beginning. Mm. It's like it's, yeah. you know, like I'm coming up 60 and back in our days, we would have thought 60 was really old. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, sorry, people. It ain't. No. <laughs> it's not. Isn't that funny? Because I was the same. I, I used to think 60 was really old. And, and then when mum turned 60, I was like, 60 is not like anything. Like, right. Like, right. Literally, like you said, you sort of, you're not even, you're not even, like, you, you hopefully you're, you know, over halfway when you're 50, but, you know, it's like, 
don't know. It's just yeah. I don't, did did our grandmothers used to dress older or something like what what made us know. think they were really old? And I'm even <laughs> grey now, right? so I'm not even colouring. I haven't been colouring my hair for probably five six years now. Yeah. I just got I, every every now and then in summer I put a couple of highlights in it, but mm. that's about it. Yeah. Um, because cost factor. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's just expensive. getting too expensive. Yeah. But um. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know, it's hard to say. Mm. But then when I think about it, I look at Pete's parents and, like, Pete's dad's 90, coming up 94. Yeah. Or just to 93. So he's, and he still lives home, so it's yeah. a good effort. Pete's mum died, I think she was 86. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think she always looked a lot older than what she was. I think it yeah. does. I think today we dress how we feel. You know, and when they go, oh, you can't dress like that anymore because you're like nearly sixty. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna wear what I want to yeah. wear. I haven't got, I haven't got my skin out everywhere, and you know, I'm not trying to be like I'm 21, but yeah, that's it. I don't want to dress like an old lady either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon, um, you know, how everyone used to get, like the old ladies used to get that blue rinse and then that. <laughs> That hair that they get yeah. like set and they'll get their perm and set. Yes, yeah, I reckon that had something to do with I ain't being to older. This world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not going to do that. Oh, but I wonder if that'll just like disappear out of the world as yeah, you know, know the next generations go. Nah, not doing that. Yeah. talking before about it's never too late to learn a new thing I became a nail tech at 40 yeah I was actually I was gonna ask you about your nail tech stuff so yeah yeah, I I, like I said my craft started to burn me out because it was like I'd be up from one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock in the morning making stuff ready for the market and stuff like that and I remember I was doing a big fair I did a big fair at Tennyson when they used to have the big fairs and we had another one come up and I was just going, oh, I just don't think I can do this. Mm. Anyway, I sold out in a day. Wow. And we had two days. And I'm like, so I was up till four o'clock in the morning trying to get more stuff done to take the next day just to look like it was something there. 
And then I remember saying to my husband, I don't think I can do this anymore. Mm. He said, well, I said, I'm just exhausted. I yeah. just can't do it. And the joy's probably take, been taken yeah. out of it for it you was, too. It was, because it became too much of a job, mm. not an enjoyment. Yep. And um, so I, get, I, gave, I gave that up. And my nail tech, she was going overseas, and she said, Judy, I thought about being a nail tech. And I just went, oh, hell no, I'm not working like you do. <laughs> Anyway, and she said to me, it's not like that. She said, you don't have to. So I went to Adelaide and did my training. And, um, and yeah, I've worked from home for 20, next January, 20 years. Yeah. Um, COVID actually really affected my business. Yeah. In yeah. a big way. And then Pete and I went on a holiday and that affected my business. And in the end, I just said, Pete, you know, I think, I think it's time. Time mm-hmm. for change. Yeah. So, yeah, do I know what I'm going to do? No. <laughs> I'll find something. Oh yeah. So I've got my eyes out on some film work. Yeah. Um, you know. But yeah, look, I've got a few clients still and I'm happy to stick to them for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But I know the time will come that um I'll give it up because the body <laughs> yeah, right. gets like my back is not the best and um from leaning over, twenty years of leaning over. Mm, so yeah. I'm I quite enjoy like this week, I've only got four clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah. you know, so I just enjoy it. And that's why I've really enjoyed the last few years of not being so busy, mm-hmm. being able to spend more time with my grandchildren, yeah. being able to help Bob out where it's needed if she's got to go into their business and do stuff. Um, me and Pete, just because my heart, we, sold, we sold our main business five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so he works for the guy that brought it, but yeah. he can off whenever he likes yeah so yeah. you know last year we did two months traveling in oh, australia yeah. in front of covid <laughs> we, we were in front of covid yeah, that's everywhere we were we're there we left and covid, and COVID and down. Like lockdown. Jeez, you did that well get to queensland raquel goes mum i go watch you guys we're in lockdown i said i saw that on the news like we've just got out of there and to the next place and oh my goodness but did get stuck in alice springs for a little bit but yeah it was crazy we're just in front of it all i'm glad i'm glad life is going back to a bit of normality there was more damage done in mental health than what there was in sickness you know um it's just crazy and mental health there's not enough support network um my brother has shared a lot with me about his and way he has been treated at that hospital is appalling um not not being listened to nobody listens to you nobody wants to believe you oh it's Mm. all in your head yes people that's mental illness yes yeah literally (laughs) it's in your head like and to not have the support in mental health where it is needed. Like I said, I've lost two brothers due to mental health. Mm. One was suicide and the other one had been an alcoholic since he was in his 20s. Yeah, right. And I watched him wither away. And it was just really, really sad. Both of them were only 49. They didn't even get to 50. Oh, gosh. So, you know, and watching my baby brother who lives here, who is not well, and he shared some stuff with me the other day and when he left I cried because I can't do anything. It's not my place to do anything, but it's absolutely the system's place yeah. to put in yeah. the right systems to help these people that need that help. Yeah. 
Um, and it, we live in a world that's all about money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that frustrates me so much. Everything's driven by money. Mm. Every single thing is driven by money. So unless yeah. you've got money, you can't do nothing. Yeah. And it's like, come on, like it's just crazy. staying home being a mum. I loved being a mum and I didn't go into the workforce until Megan was at school so she was seven. So um, I always taught my girls there's two things in life you're going to sacrifice something and it's either going to be your family or it's going to be finance. You cannot have both. Mm, you yeah. cannot have lots of money and be working, working, working and expect to have the most amazing relationship. And I know there are some families that do it, but I know there are a lot of families out there that struggle. Mm -hmm. And I know, I remember my kids growing up and I remember hearing their friends saying to them, you guys are so lucky that your mum is home. Mm -hmm. And yeah. their parents, both their parents, yeah, they could get whatever they wanted. Their parents brought them on it. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about the quality yeah. time that you have with your kids. Yeah. Um, and and I know there are families out there because of the cost of living today and the cost of houses today. Um, it isn't the best. But Pete and I struggled too. Like oh, we, the mortgages might not have been much back then, but neither was our pay packet. Yeah, that's it. it's all relative. Isn't it's all it? relative. Yeah. Like today, the pay packets are big, but your mortgages are big. Mm -hmm. It's all the same. Back in mine and Pete's day, like I've been in this house thirty-seven years. Yeah, this is the house he built when he was twenty-three. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I might have a lot now, but we've been here for a long time. Yeah, that's it. It you wasn't know? like this instant. No. <laughs> yeah, you no. worked worked at it and made sacrifices. When to, I met Pete. Pete had this house when I met him. We had two bean bags in the lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we had a bean bag, yeah. a bed, and a table and chairs. That was it. There was no extras. There was no fancy stuff. And even as we're having our kids, we brought a lot of secondhand furniture because mm -hmm. the money just wasn't there. So you went without. Mm -hmm. And with my creative side and doing the markets, I brought some of my furniture in my house. And that was a good feeling because yeah. I'm not working, but I brought that. Yeah. Like, that was yeah, such a good it. feeling. And, um, you know, but, yeah, life's not about money. Yeah, we need money to live, but we don't, you know, you can't take it when you die. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And no, nobody totally. knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And so I really feel that life... Sometimes I, sometimes I believe that life needs to go back to the basics. Mm -hmm. Teaching in schools needs to go back to the basics. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything needs to go. Technology, it has its, it has its purpose in life, mm -hmm. and it's great in life. But per technology has already, I believe, has destroyed humanity in a big way. Yeah. I believe that our kids can't 
play and use their imaginations. Yeah. They've got to have technology in their hands, mm. um, you know, and, and, and it's really, really, really sad. Mm. Leo, my grandson, he's just at that stage where he wants to grab the phone all the time and mm. he knows they're all in grandma's house. The phone's off limits. Yeah, good. <laughs> None of my grandkids have ever touched my phone. Yeah. It is off limits. Yeah. But I see what kids do with phones. And I just think, oh, oh God, yeah. And, and we just live in that world of that technology that they've got their faces in the phones or their tablets. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. And, and, and I think pick up a book. Mm. I love books. Yeah, books. Books are awesome. There's something I was thinking the other day because when I, I have people on the podcast that often send me their books if they're an author. And I think this is so good that books is like I know, you know, music's gone online so much, but now records are coming back. Yeah. You know, people still want things in their hands. You oh, know? absolutely. You know, it's almost like rejecting stage, that. Stuff. There was a stage that books. It was when the um, Kaboo tablets come out oh, to read yeah, books. Yeah, because my kids brought me one, yeah. and and I do use it at certain times. Even on my phone, I use it at certain times, yeah. um, and that's when we're travelling, and I can't really take a whole heap of books with yeah, me. Yeah. So that, they, they have their purpose. Yeah. But you can't read a book in your hand. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I just finished a book at the moment and it was yeah. amazing and I read it in two days. <laughs> <laughs> My husband was away and I was like, That's awesome. you know. Just <laughs> like yesterday, I was planning to do something for Bose and we went to the pub for lunch and then I came home and I was laying down on the couch reading and I'm like, I'm going to have a nap of that today. <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah. And I laid on the couch and I woke up at 5.30 and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I slept for three and a half hours. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh. So, and then I didn't go to sleep till late last yeah, night. Anyway. Yeah, that's what you think. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's fine. concept of mum guilt is something that I like to talk to all my mums about yeah. on the show and I guess I can yeah throw it over to you to share yeah. your thoughts on that. Mum guilt, oh yeah we've had that before. Yeah. <laughs> my mum guilt has been did I do it right? Yeah. I see sometimes I see some struggles my kids go through and I was quite a protective mum. One my faith but two, because of where I came from. Mm -hmm. So I had an abusive father. So I went through a lot. So I probably tried to overprotect my kids there for a while. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just made sure that I tried to spend as much time with my kids and do the kid things. Yeah. And so most of the time, my creative side didn't come out till they were in bed. Yeah, right. 
Yep. So it was once they were in bed, then the, the sewing machine would come out or the paintbrush would come out. Yep. Um, but when they were young, we definitely spent lots and lots of time because once they were at school, you, I had all the time in the world to do all the things that I needed. But yep. while they were little, I wanted to make sure. And then when they become teenagers, you, you, you do. You have that mum guilt in the sense of, did I do it right? Did I overstep boundaries or, you know, I remember I had a lady ask me once, Jude, you've had three daughters, how do you do it? And I go, remember, they're all different, none of them are the same, you can't treat them as the same because they're individuals, yeah. remember what you did because they're going to do it. Mm. So it doesn't matter. You can go, well, I did this and my kids are not going to do that. Well, guess what, people? Yes, they are. <laughs> and they're not going to tell you. Yeah. My girls have told me so many things now that they're adults. <laughs> yeah, it all comes go, out. Sorry, Mum. Like, you know, um, yeah. am I happy about it? No. <laughs> but, you know, it, that's Everyone life. Survived. Everybody this. survived. Oh, and and that's life. And, yeah, yeah, we survived a house of three teenage girls. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't have two bathrooms either. We oh, only gosh. had one at the time. Yeah. So poor Pete, my husband, <laughs> he's been around women because he's got three sisters. Oh, goodness. So he's been he's around no, women no all his life. <laughs> Even the animals are females. Listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. As a matured woman these days, mm -hmm. when I talk to younger mums, the biggest thing I say to women of today, don't feel guilty. Like the mum guilt, oh, you know, I need to spend more time with them or I haven't done this with them or all that. That only pulls you down. That mm. doesn't help them either yep. but I remember reading something um, quite a while back and if I hadn't known this I think things might have been different and it's putting putting the aspects of your life in order and this guy said it's you need to put yourself first you have to look mm -hmm. after yourself because if you don't look after yourself and you fall into a hole, everything around you falls into a hole. Yeah. So you've got to, and it's not about being selfish, it's about mm -hmm. just giving yourself a little bit of quality time, go away. Um, my quality time when the kids were up, having a bath on the night time, yeah. they knew they couldn't come into that bathroom. <laughs> that was mum's time, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just a time for you to just chill out or whatever. Mm. Then put your husband next, not your children. Yeah, right. Marriages fall apart because the husband comes to a point where he just thinks he's not loved and not wanted anymore because we were so busy with our kids and everything else that they become last. Mm -hmm. And so this gentleman said it should be you put yourself first, you put your husband next then your children, then everything else comes after that. Mm -hmm. yep. And 
being a mature person now, and I can look at that going, that is so true. Mm. Because I know the struggles that my marriage went through and the hardship that my marriage went through. And if things, if we had built a marriage differently on those aspects, we would have had a stronger marriage, you know. We're still together, praise God, we're still together. (laughs) But, um, you know, and I think that's important. And... Yeah, not to allow those self-doubts to control you. Yeah. Because that can happen big Mm. time, you know. Um, You know, you can look back in life. I suppose I've been through a lot in my life. And um, and there's there's been doubts. You know, think, oh, if I did this this way, that wouldn't have happened. You can't do that. Yeah, that's it. Yesterday's gone. You can't live in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, um, forgiveness, huge thing, mm-hmm. a positive thing that everybody needs to do. Um, I, being an architect, you hear a lot of things. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, like hairdressers, yeah. <laughs> so you hear a lot of things and yeah. I've heard a lot of sad things in my life with people. Yeah. The hatred that they hold towards a family member or the hate. A, a, you know, a mother and daughter that haven't spoken for 25 years. And a, yeah. that just rips me to pieces because my mum and I were so close. We did so much together and then losing her so young. Mm. And I always, I'd say I always come back to what I say to my girls, never allow anything to come between you. Not a disagreement, not everybody has the right to have their own personal choice of something Mm -hmm. but if something comes between us don't be too pig-headed to go and say I'm sorry even if the other person did something wrong be strong enough to go I'm sorry if I offended you in any way I love you I care about you please don't let this affect our relationship because we allow the little things for too long to destroy and take a look at the world it, it's oh, yeah. just destructing itself, it, it, like yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it? and it, and it's quite sad. And even a believer in God, 
I believe now that God spoke to my heart because I made that choice to forgive him and move on. And, you know, it took a long time for me to learn to love him again. And, um, but I think deep down I always did because he was my dad. Did I like the person he had become? No, not at all. And sometimes you don't have to like who someone becomes, but that hatred, it's not a good thing. It will destruct everything around you. It will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your life between you and your children. Um, and it's, it's not a good thing. And you see so much hatred in the world, and that's why there is so much destruction. And I think living a positive life, and I know some people find that hard, but being a positive person isn't that hard. Mm-hmm. It's just looking and believing for better. Mm. You know, believing that it can get better. And yeah, sometimes it doesn't, mm. but it's having that hope. That's what God gives me, that hope yep. in life, that life will be better. Mm. And, you know, I think a lot of people blame God for a lot of things, but I don't. And um, We all have free will. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And yeah. he does give us that free will. Yeah. But... <clears throat> He, he gives me hope that even if you're going through a tough time, it can get better. Mm. You have to want it and you just have to find a way to step out or out of where you are. me enjoyment yeah I love my growing kids they give me enjoyment my children give me enjoyment you've got to find something that will give you a joy instead of just holding on to the negativity yeah that's it isn't it yeah Yeah. because you're right it's it is incredibly destructive and uh, yeah physically you know it festers in your body and comes out in illnesses and and disease and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's it's a and it's a pretty massive thing to be able to forgive someone, you know. Like you said, you don't have to like. No, you don't have to them. like who they were at the time. Yeah. Or who, you know, you don't have to like the situation. Yeah. But if you have that hatred in you, I know the person I became in my teenage life. I, I, I didn't like who I was. Mm-hmm. And even though I tried really hard to be that bubbly person and be positive um I I was felt like I was dying inside and it wasn't until I made that decision to forgive my father and and it was pretty serious the stuff that I went through in my family that most people go "Eh, no way could I do that but I did that because I wanted to live yeah 
Yeah, it wasn't about him. No. It was about, about you. And and you know what? Forgiveness isn't about the other person. But did you know hatred is not about the other person? Yeah. Because right. it actually doesn't hurt them. No, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. You're the one suffering. You're the one that suffers. Yeah. So the hatred festers in you, makes you an angry person, a wild person, an out-of-control person, and the person you're putting all that hatred to yeah. doesn't even know yeah. what you're feeling. So, you know, and... and I realised that at 19. And it's pretty profound, isn't it? It is very (laughs) profound. And I I always look back at that and I remember exactly, I see myself doing it in my bedroom in Laird Street, just around the corner. Um, And Raquel was one years old. You know, that was before I met Pete. So, yeah, and I just, and I think that's why we can have bad days, we can get upset. That's life. That happens. We can day, have days of crying on the couch. Been there, done that too. Yeah. But if you allow those situations to fully control you and not be able to step out of them, that's when the depression really comes in. Um, and I've watched it. One of my closest friends, due to a situation that had, and the depression has just taken a hold of her. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. Yeah. Um, it's sad to watch. It's sad. I feel helpless because I can't help it out of it. I've mm. tried. Yeah. But, you know, um, but all you can do is be there for them. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like you said, it's, I mean, you, you can try, but it's that that person has, has got to do the work. That's it. Which is unfortunate, but also powerful for them if they embrace that. Yeah. You know, they're in control. Yeah, that's of, it of this situation, they can get themselves out of it. Yeah. You know. If People can to. get themselves out of it. Yeah. But I think if the support network's not out there. Oh yeah. That's so the you can't thing. You, you you can't do it on your own. No. Yeah. You know, um watching my brother being an alcoholic his whole life. You know, I bump into him down the street. It was really sad because we'd yeah. say hi to each other and that's all that would come out. Yeah. And I think you know, I didn't know who he was, but I was there for him when he was dying because I saw that he would never suffer on his own in the end. Yeah. And that was really, that that was really, really tough. That wasn't easy. Yeah. Sitting at a hospital watching someone's life, you know, yeah. disintegrate like that. But it also made me a stronger person, knowing that. You know, if we've got family members that are going through the hard times, um, even though we can't always change the situation, all we need to show them is that we still love them. Mm. And I think that's the important thing. Because you see some families where they go, oh, yeah, I can't be bothered dealing with her anymore. It's just too much hassle and she's over-exaggerating and da-da-da-da-da-da. And I just think... She's your family. Just love her. Yeah. Just love her for who she is. Yeah, it's not easy, but it's not easy for them too. Mm, You know how how do how do how they they, you can't even comprehend what goes through their heads. Mm. You just can't comprehend it. Yeah. And um and so it's just a matter of loving and caring about those people that are in your family, whether it's your children. Yeah. You know. Um. I saw a lady the other day, 
And um, she came up and said hello to us at lunch yesterday and she had a little baby in her arms and this little baby's been fostered and and Bo and I just looked at each other and we just went, oh, that is so sad. Like, mm. you know, he's been in the foster system since he was five days old. Mm. And, mm. you know, it's we how do you help society? Mm. In, in How do you help people to change? I think trying to teach people how to be positive, how to um, have hope. Mm. Yeah. It's a pretty good message. Mm. <laughs> People are yeah. listening. Have hope. Yeah. 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 Hope's a big thing. That's, that's really important. about having your bath and like this is this is your time you know you've got yeah. three girls in the house was it hard to keep your own identity as Judy when you were putting so much into your girls I, I, I think you do lose a, a little bit yeah. when when especially when your children are really young because when they're really young they totally depend on you and everything don't they mm. so um, you know <laughs> that mum went mum Drive me out of school. Later on, when they got a bit old, I learned to shut off. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I do think you do lose a, a little bit. Um, like I said, giving yourself some space and having a bit of your time um, is important. Going out on a date with your husband, like, <laughs> It's important. They are important things. And I think a lot of time we get so busy with everything around us. And I know, I definitely did. Like I said, it wasn't until way after the kids were gone that I learned that about how to put your family, you know, you, your husband and then your children. Mm. And <clears throat> so a lot of time you're so busy with your children and doing this and doing that and doing this and that you don't. Give yourself, and so you do lose a part of yourself. My goal, it was very funny, growing up, I wanted to be a beautician. Yeah, you're right. That's what I wanted to do. I love makeup. I love fashion. Like, that has, right, right from a little girl, Mum, I was always in my mum's wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> She'd say, get out of there, Jill. <laughs> but, you know, um... So, but it didn't happen. And then I became a Niantic at 40. Mm, and I actually went and did a little bit of makeup artistry because I was going to do that with the nail art. But nails just took too much of my time, so I just ended up letting it go. But it was, it, it was a dream as a child. That's what I wanted to do. And so there for a while I felt like I had lost a part 
of myself because I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. But I loved being a mum. Mm. So, and I made that choice. My husband and I, we sat down and we discussed. I had a daughter when I met Pete. She was two when I met him. Yeah. And so then when we had our children, um, we discussed and I said, well, what do you want? If you want me to go and find a job, I'll go. And he said, no. He says, I want you to be here for the girls. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I think that's because... We've come out of the era, that's what mums did. Yes. Like, yep. you know, um, and gee, there were times financially that extra money would have been handy, but we learned to go without. Mm, yep. You learn, yep. you learn to go without. You learn to just live, live off what you've got, yep. you know. Um, they still had food in their stomach and a roof over their head. Yeah. You know, and at that stage, that sort of opened my eyes up to my mum because my mum bringing us five kids up on her own. Um, but same thing, we had a roof over our head, clothes on our back, food on our food in our stomach. Were our clothes big fat? No, they weren't. A lot of times they were second-hand clothes. Mum did a bit of work in one of the second-hand shops and she'd pick right through it and find <laughs> some nice things. Yeah. But, you know, she did what she had to do mm. as a single mum in the end. And, I mean, in the early days, there was no pension. Yeah, right. She was lucky. Because my mum was so sick, she couldn't actually hold a job down. <clears throat> but the pension had just come in. It wasn't very much, but she managed yeah. on it. I was 16 when my dad left, so I left school yeah. to go out and work yeah. to help provide for my family, you know. Um, it wasn't a lot, and it wasn't easy. I didn't have the best of my life with work in my early days and um and if that meant I was on the dole well that's fine I handed that over to my mum like you know yeah, yeah I did what I could do but you know and I, <clears throat> losing a part of your identity I think happens to all of us at some stage in our life mm. I think that's part of life unless you become a really big career driven woman, you know, um, yeah, I know. girlfriend at Christmas time we were best friends growing up and I hadn't seen her for a long time and she'd come around and she said where did it come from Ju? <laughs> I said I think it was always there. I used to draw a lot as a young girl. Mm -hmm. I'd sit in my bedroom with a paper and pen and I think growing up in a house full of men <laughs> it was my only way to get away from everything yeah, so yeah. I'd sit in my bedroom a lot with a book drawing whatever colouring him. I loved colouring him yeah. <clears throat> and so I said, it was always there, mm -hmm. just the finances weren't there for me to do it. So even being a single mum, the finances weren't there to do it. My creativity was really big on my dressmaking. I remember I would go into this um, fabric store that we used to have in town and, uh, and 
I knew Margaret quite well because her daughter and I went to school together and I would go in and she said, so what are we looking for today, Duke? <laughs> oh, just a bit of fabric. She said, it got a function on on the weekend. I go, yep. <laughs> and I was going through the remnants because yeah. I didn't have the money to go and buy a fully priced fabric. Yeah. So I would go through the remnants and I'd say to mum, oh, this is big enough for a skirt. Like, then I'd pick that and then I'd go through and, oh, here, this is my, yep, that'll work. Yeah. And yeah. I'd spend $5. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think sometimes the zip cost me more than the fabric. <laughs> <laughs> and I could, back then, because I used to make really simple basic stuff, I didn't need a pattern. Yeah. Or I'd cut a pattern off something that I had. Yep. Um, so that creativity started big time back as a single mum. And um, because I used to put my money into my daughter to buy her clothes or make some clothes for her, so I would just buy the scrap fabrics to make something for myself. Yes. So, and I worked on my mum's treadle sewing machine. Oh, the Peter gown. Oh, wow. But, and then, um, then I met Pete and his mum gave me her old brother sewing machine. Yeah, right. She said, "Gina, don't use it anymore. You can have it." And I, it was like, "Well, Christmas has come at once." Yeah, it's like, "Oh, I've got a, song, a real song <laughs> I did miss the old treadle though. Aww. I learned how to do French seams really well. Yeah, right. Because you had no zigzag stitch; it was all straight stitch. <laughs> so it was, it was fun. Oh, you know, that sounds. stuff in your life but look at the things that have made you who you are um you know my mum she was my biggest inspiration I wanted to be like her yeah you know I think she'd be proud of what I've become so absolutely I hope she's (laughs) smiling down at me yeah she'd be laughing at something she'd be like Judy get your acting gear (laughs) (laughs) but you know I look at my girls and like I was blessed to have daughters. Growing up in a house full of men, <laughs> all I wanted was a sister. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I still want a sister. Well, that's not going to happen. I have it all. I have um, my sister-in-law that I'm really close to. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, and I really believed I was blessed to be given daughters because it was like giving me something that I craved for as a child was that sister. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, I'm the oldest in the family and then it's boy, boy, there was five of them. <laughs> five of them. Oh and we're gosh. all very close in age. Yeah. My mum had six kids in five years. Holy moly. There's twins in the middle of that. Goodness gracious. And I used to say to her, oh, I don't know how you did it, mum. Mm. And then when the kids were growing up, she would say something like, I have one, you've got three. And I'd be like, are you going on about? I hit teenagers and I knew what she was going on about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
like, oh, yeah, I've got three of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness oh, me. Oh, that's a challenge. Yeah. Wait till you get to teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> My oldest grandson just turned 16. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Oh, goodness me. So what's the age range of your grandchildren? So from 16 to four months. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So there's four boys and four girls. <laughs> it's a nice even so, spread. <laughs> yes, it is. I have here two boys and a girl, so Stevie. And, and then the other girls listen to this. No, there's no favouritism. Because <laughs> I always say, but Stevie's here and she's the only girl that I've got to spend time with. And so... I love spending time with her. Yeah. Well, I love going to Queensland and spending time with my other grandkids. So I've nice. got, what have I got? Three here and five up there. So, yeah, so there's two boys and three girls up there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, yeah, oldest is 16 and youngest is four or five months. So, and they're brothers, by the way. Yeah, right. So, and <laughs> to, see, to see Brooklyn... With his baby brother in his arms. Oh, yeah. And, like, he's six foot two, six foot three. Oh. <laughs> and he's got a photo of his brother in his arms. Oh, it just melted my oh, heart yeah. when I was there when he was born. I was just like, wow. So, you know. Mm-hmm. That's pretty Big age gap. And I know that gap will be there for a long time, but, but there will come a time where that gap will disappear. Mm. You see that with the siblings where there's big... I, you know, ages between them. So, but yeah. You know, how did, how did families do it with 13 kids? Oh, that's I, when I, the mum really would have lost her identity. She would oh, just be mum. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, it reminds me of um, down at Clangadoo, there's a gravestone because my grandparents are buried there at my yeah. dad's site. And it just says, Mother. It doesn't even say her name. It's like literally that's what she was reduced to was just being just mother. mother. You know, she probably had 11 <coughs> kids or something. I just finished reading a novel and it was written in the times of before women could vote. Yeah. And right. how go home and breed. Oh. Anyway, this one woman, she was quite well to do, but she got kicked out and she ended up in a mining town. Yeah. Well, she inherited a, a news agency from her. Well, she thought it was her uncle and actually found out later it was actually her father. Oh, okay. So she inherited this and everybody said, no, she's not going to last, she's not going to last. And she was determined and she changed that whole town. Yeah, right. The aspect of that whole town, how people looked at things and how people did things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a Christian novel and it was so well written. Yeah. Um, Francine River, she's one of my best favourite authors. But it was how women were looked at. Oh, yeah. And I know yeah. we've come a long way in, in, but sometimes I worry about have we taken away too much from the men's identity mm-hmm. because there are a lot of families out there that the women ruled the house. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know it's something my husband and I have talked about that, you know, and I don't believe we have to live in a world where the husband just goes up and works all day and the woman stays home and does nothing. I don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. But I definitely believe in um, equal, equal, equal. Not mm-hmm. even a woman shouldn't be higher than a man. Like, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? 
that yeah. we should be equal, treat each other equally. And I know there's still men out there that are like cavemen. <laughs> <laughs> they still want to, you know, rule the roost and drag the woman by the hair. Like, you know, and yeah. I just think, oh, guys, it's time you all grow up. But mm. the world, technology mm. and everything has definitely changed the world. Mm. You know, I suppose Bert and the bra changed the world too. Yeah. I remember a lady saying to me, an old friend, and <clears throat> she separated from her husband. And like I said, Pete and I nearly separated a couple of times. She said, how did you say that, Jude? I said, because we wanted to make it work. Mm. We could have just taken the easy way out. But at the end of the day, it was only going to hurt our kids. It was going to hurt ourselves. And at the time, yeah. Could have quite easily just walked out and started a new life, but that wasn't my that wasn't my motto. That wasn't my dream. My dream was to be with Peter for the rest of my life, um, and to watch. I think because I grew up in it, you know. My dad walked out on us. Mm. I I did not want to do the same thing. Yep. And um, it's made us stronger because mm. we fought harder. Yeah. And I think we need to fight harder for things in the world that we live in today. Yeah. It's too easy just to go, I don't love you anymore, I'm leaving. Yeah. Do you think that's why the the um, the percentages of, of divorce have skyrocketed oh, in the last couple of generations? Because people just go, ah, oh, it's too hard, and off they go. I know, I know a few people that said they wish they'd given it a better chance. Mm. You know, if, if I only had... Because it's not always greener over oh, that fence. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it isn't always greener that over that fence. Discovered the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, um, some, and that, I think that's where if we do the right balance in our lives, in our families, with you, your husband, your children, and everything else after that, if you do that right balance, then I really believe that the balance will be right in your family too because you're so busy with your kids, you're so busy with everything else running around, you don't give that quality time to your partner mm. and then what happens, you drift apart. Yep. So you don't connect the way you used to yep. and to try and make that connection again isn't easy. Mm. It's hard work. Um, but, you know, and then... Try it once your kids move away. Yeah. And right. you're living in a house. And I know lots of marriages that break up at that point mm -hmm. because, you know, you're not even talking together. Yeah. You just live in a house together. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so you've got to start again to mm -hmm. build that relationship. And some yeah. people just can't be bothered to do that. Yeah. So they just think, well, I'm done. I'm, I'm out of this. Um, you know, my husband has his creative side yeah um he loves woodwork yep. and he's done like his we've renovated our house um and pete did a lot of stuff in the house um 
the petition at the door we built. Oh, yeah. My fireplace mantelpiece he built. The pergola yeah. that we sit under he built. Um, so he, he has his creative side of things and he races off-road buggies and he was just away this weekend. You've got to allow them to have their space too. Yeah. We want to have our space, but they've got to have their space as yeah. well. Yeah. And my husband and I, we don't live in each other's pockets. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We're quite comfortable being home on our own. Yeah. you know, he'll go off racing. I didn't want to go this time. Yeah. So I did last month. I went this month. I stayed home. Yeah. Um, I was quite happy to stay home. And, um, and sometimes I don't go away as much as I used to. I used to go away a lot as a nail tech to go away with training and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was quite happy with that, you know. I think you just got to come to an agreement and um, learn to live together in that way yeah. and learn to work together, work together as parents for your children, mm -hmm. not allow one person to make all the decisions, Yeah. not to allow poor mums. I think mums get a bad rap. Really? Yeah. Because Dad's away all day and Mum's busy going, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And then Dad walks in the door and goes, you can do what you like. Yes. Do you know? Yeah. Um, well, my Mum used to say that we were always really naughty girls for her all day and then Dad would come home and then we'd be on our best behaviour because yeah. Daddy was home. Cause we're and she'd be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> We'd be too scared to be naughty because <laughs> Dad's home. Wait till your father gets yeah. home. Oh, gosh. I remember watching Pete sit down playing Barbie dolls with the girls. Yeah. You know? His rule was when he walked in the door, let me have more coffee. Mm. Like, it's time girls, to reset. Let Dad yeah. stop, have his coffee. We own our own business. So. Yeah. And it's hard to switch off from that, isn't it? Oh, it like, is. you just, you're yeah, on all is. the time because it's your yeah, own that's business. It. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, he's loving right now being semi retired because he goes to work, he comes home for lunch. And then he comes home at the end of the day and he has no headaches. Yeah. But we yeah. had a business for 36 years. So yeah. we had those headaches for 36 years. Yeah. And But he always made quality time for his kids. Yeah. We always made sure we weren't working on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, every now and then he'd pop into the office on a Saturday morning or he'd be home and I would pop into the office because I'd have to go and do a bit of work. Yeah. But, um, well, see, about... When we took over the business, that was something I had to step into. Yeah, right. Because before that, we had a secretary when we had the two partners. Mm -hmm. So then when he left, financially, we couldn't afford to pay anybody. Yeah. So it was like I gave up my art studio to mm -hmm. go and work in the office. Yeah. And that wasn't too bad because I didn't need to be there 24-7. Mm -hmm. So I would be there a couple of days a week to do or... Okay, paydays this day, so I'd go in, be there yeah. for two hours and leave. Yeah. <clears throat> so being a nail tech and doing that, it was a bit of a juggle, but it worked because mm -hmm. I could still do be a businesswoman myself in my own business mm -hmm. and juggle that, but still be there to do what I had to do with the other business. But I was so happy when that was sold. <laughs> like, no more book yeah. work, no monthly, you know, all oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I mean, yeah. I remember when it had taken changing from, and then the GST came in and yep. everything, and it's like, and I had to go and do training, and <laughs> like, and then we had to get all this special, and and the technology, and when mm -hmm. you're in business and thinking of like we started, Pete started his business in the eighties, and then, you know, 
the technology year after year after year mm -hmm. changing and how things were done. I remember even in the early years, he would come home with written quotes mm -hmm. and I would sit down at the table to do them properly. Yeah, right. So he would do the rough, like da 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 da. Yeah. And then I'd be yelling at, babe, what does this mean? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I'd do these own. written quotes. <laughs> Yeah. And then, because he wanted to go computerised and his business partner didn't want to spend the money, so in the end, when we brought him out, we went full computerised. Mm -hmm. So I went to TAFE to learn yeah. how to work a computer. Yeah. And then we had a special program, so that didn't even work anyway. Oh so it was like I had to do all this training all over again because yeah. this program, it was because we had a panel meeting business, was specially made for that. Yeah, right. And then you go from the old DOS system to yep. the Windows system and everything changes. So life just yeah. completely, completely changes all yep. the time. Yep. But yes, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. <laughs>
Why would you even do that? It's about enjoyment. Mm. Enjoy it. Yeah, that's it's not, there, there's not a there's not a competition to say how quick you can crochet a blanket. Like yeah. Anyway, yeah. I was watching this video on this boy and he was crocheting so fast he gave me a headache. <laughs> anyway, so I was doing all this pen work for a long time and then I decided to challenge myself on watercolor. Mm -hmm. And so I enjoy that because that's just an easy relax. And what got me back into the brushes was I did a painting for Bo for her house. Yeah, right. And it was huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Two metres by 1.5. Oh, wow. It was enormous. Yeah. She, she had brought a piece of artwork for her bedroom and she wanted to get one for her dining room. And I kept saying to her, she, she was showing me. I'm like, she goes, go and say it, Mum. You can do that. Yeah. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> I said, I can do that. Anyway, I said, I'll do it for you if you want one. I'll we'll even copy the painting that you love and just change it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, because it was it was pretty much block colour. Like, there mm -hmm. was no detailing in it. So, anyway, she walked away. And she came back. She goes, all right, then. <laughs> I said, really? I said, all right, I'll do it for you for a Christmas present. Yeah. So, I, it was like, oh, I've got a paintbrush back in my hand. Mm -hmm. I'm liking this. Yeah. So the one I'm doing at the moment is like it's going to hang out the front door. Mm -hmm. And I just had a picture of these big flowers and it's going to have a butterfly in the middle of it, so like a butterfly. And then I was looking at photos of butterflies and flowers and I'm like, oh, how can I do that? Because butterflies are actually bigger than flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't want a butterfly on a canvas. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just the concept of it. Yeah. So, and... What I'm enjoying at the moment is there's no rush. Mm. It's yeah. when I'm in the mood to go up there and do a little bit more, you know, and mm -hmm. another flower's done. And and I, I like to think about what I'm doing and I like to think about, and I like to study flowers. So I like a bit of detail work, not just a block colour. And mm -hmm. I mean, before I started it, I was on Pinterest looking at lots of um paintings, modern artwork and lots of stuff, trying to work out what I wanted. I just wanted, to, I just decided I wanted a pop of colour in the house. As you can see, I, my place is, has a bit of colour but not a huge amount. It's a very nice colour, the teal and... Yeah, so when we renovated the house, we wanted, everything used to be cream and it's just like plain, boring. <laughs> anyway, so when I repainted, I went for that really nice, it's called light rice in the living room. And that's pretty much through the rest of the house. When I come to the kitchen, I thought I need some colour in here. Yeah. Because otherwise it would have just looked bland with the tiles and everything would have just got lost. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Pete kept saying, no, 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 I painted the same colour as the lounge. Well, he went to Darwin and I painted my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so all my friends laughed about that. I go, oh, would you? When you come home, it's like, we've had this colour before. Our bedroom used to be this colour, you'd say. No, I care, but it's my favourite colour. It's a ducky blue. I love yeah, it. It's, it's easy to live with. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted a pop of colour, so I've done these flowers and they're like a apricotty bit of terracotta, yeah. And then it'll have a butterfly in it. Do you mm -hmm. know what colour? I've been looking at lots of pictures of butterflies. I find one that really jumps at me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I like that one. Actually, speaking of that, I'll, I'll show you these photos. I was at the Melbourne Zoo, uh, Melbourne um, Museum during the week, and the amount of um, 
dead animals that they have there. You know how people have like the, the wooden sort of frames and then they oh, pin all they the... they pin the butterflies. Oh my gosh, there were some absolutely gorgeous ones. Oh, there's some amazing butterflies. Oh, like the... These ones. Like the, the vibrancy. Oh, you can't see it oh, too yes. because it's reflecting no. off the glass. But the vibrancy in these colours, I was like, oh my gosh, Ooh. how do they exist? I like, like that. They're amazing. <laughs> I, yeah, I can send you that one. That's that called a Cairns cool. bird wing. That yeah. yeah. Just Because oh, I've got the Acer I want something with a bit of blue in that in it. Yeah. So, um, You'll have to have blue in it. That's yeah. like your trademark. Yeah, it is. Yes. Everybody goes on about my turquoise and aqua colours, but it's just an easy colour to live oh, in. Yeah. Pete come home and I was reposturing the chairs in the old dining suite. I had done three and I needed to do the other three. And he goes, oh, you're finally finishing those. <laughs> <laughs> I said yes. And, and I was like, oh, I've got to tell him. <laughs> so anyway, he come back out and I said, oh, I just need to tell you. And he goes, what? I said, um, I'm finishing these because I've sold the tables. Why have you sold us? Because I brought a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I was at my girlfriend's and I was showing her and she said, what are you going to do? And I went, bye. <laughs> Tap the phone. Technology is good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it has its moments. So reupholstering. So you're quite adept at that as well. Oh, not intricate, but yeah. the, the seats were just plain and I've got a quote to get them done. I'm like, yeah, I'm not paying that, so I think I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, so, I can do that. I can do that. That can't be too hard. If I come to, I'd love to have my couch reupholstered in there because mm-hmm. it's just got really grossy and um, nice little pattern there. I'm actually tempted to make a slip cover for it. Though. Yeah, yeah. So I said to Peter, maybe I'll try and make a slip cover for it. I said, because the cushions, I can cover the cushions easy enough. To try and get that couch, the roundness. Yeah, and yeah. so I just thought, oh, maybe a slip sounds cover. like a good challenge for you. Yeah, yeah. see, I like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Give me a challenge every now and then. something a challenge and you do it it's like I did that mm, yeah. wow that makes me feel good yeah you know um I had my friend that came around the other day that did a bit of painting with me she's looking at my artwork she's like dude and I'm like well I'm not buying artwork when I do artwork yeah. I don't see the point yeah like unless I have one piece that I brought I have a friend in Victoria her name is Jenny Woods and she's a quirky artist Mm-hmm. And um, and it was in my early years of doing the pen work, and I just fell in love with this piece. And, mm-hmm. and she, it's funny, she thinks it's one of the worst pieces she's ever done. <laughs> anyway, I've still got it, <laughs> so yeah. you know. But I don't have the money to go out and spend thousands of dollars yeah. on a piece of artwork. Yeah. But I can have a painting up on a wall, and I can mm-hmm. go, yeah, I'm over that now. 
and yeah, take it out. Yeah, like a change. I need a change and change it up. Yeah. Because so, I've got another big canvas that's going to go on that wall. Yeah, right. And that's a metre and a half by a metre, so it's quite big. So yeah. I have I've thought about it, what I'm going to do. Why not yet? <laughs> I'll finish the other one. Yes, yeah, finish your flowers. <laughs> Uh, so what what inspires you then with your your painting like natural the natural world or just anything that anything anything that grabs me yeah um you know at the moment birds are grabbing me as you can see I've got a few birds about the place <laughs> um I I follow he's a Christian artist over in Russia or somewhere over Ukraine or wherever somewhere over that way yeah. and he does these most amazing bird paintings. And there's actually a lady in Australia who lives at Castlemaine and she does really good ones too. Mm-hmm. I keep messaging, so when are you going to teach? <laughs> <laughs> I want to come over for a workshop. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it's not about... Um, if something just grabs my attention, yeah. like, you know, um, yeah. I've had a go at some of the really ultra-modern art yeah. And um yeah, that's easy. A five year old can do that. <laughs> you know, like like real abstract sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Splashes and things like that. Yeah. Pete's got one in the family room. I think gonna get rid of it. No, it's mine, girls. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, and I always say that, you know, it's like when you decorate your home <laughs> if you think over the years I've been here 37 years. There's a few coats of paint under that colour. Yeah. So, and right now, what's coming really big? Apricot. Yeah, right. Apricot's becoming huge again. Well, ladies, guess what? It was really big in the 90s. (laughs) So, you know, you go go through those changes. And country. Country. Oh, my goodness, country. I had chickens walking around my walls. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, chicken freeze wallpaper and... Mm -hmm. And we all have a laugh about it. Do you remember Mum's kitchen? <laughs> you know, terracotta rag down the bottom, and you yeah. know, but change, change is good. Change mm. is good. Um, You're not afraid of change. Nah, yeah. nah. You know what? I went and visited my neighbour the other day, and their house still looks like the way it was when they brought it. Yeah. They've never done anything new to it. Yeah. Uh, they did put in a new kitchen. But when you go into their lounge room, they've still got the 70s couch, but it's really clean and it's really tidy yep. and it doesn't feel old. Yeah, right. But it's so them. Like, they're in their 90s. Oh, goodness. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I just think, <clears throat> but I love fresh. It's not about changing your furniture. It's about... Mm. Just having a fresh coat of paint, or if the curtains, I've just replaced my curtains to mm-hmm. these. Yeah, no, um, yeah, it's about, and I've done the expensive pay, you know, someone to make curtains. Mm. Now it comes out of spotlight. Yeah, it's like, ready to hang. Or... <laughs> it's ready to hang. I had to hem them. Yeah, but <clears throat> um, yeah. but yeah, it's. You can you can decorate your home on the smallest budget, but you can decorate your home on the biggest budget. Yeah. And um, you know, yeah. I think it's people always say, "Oh, you've got so much in here, dude." I said, "That's me." Oh, you see, I'm the same in my studio. There's a lot of stuff, mm. like because I like things. Yeah, and I'm very sentimental. 
Yeah. So if someone gave me something or I've got something from somewhere special, that's not going away. That's no. going to, you know, I, I just like, it's clean and tidy, but there's just a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like a homely feel in a house. Yeah, like a lived-in home. Yeah. yeah, a house that feels like someone lives in it, not mm. a house. Like that... a show. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, I, okay. I couldn't live like that. My kitchen's clean at the moment, but <laughs> it won't be later. <laughs> like, you oh, know. Um, it's, it's, like you said before, it's life. Yeah. <laughs> Things are perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. when, um, when, when you're a mum of three young children, and there's plenty of you out there, that you stress yourself out because your house doesn't look a certain way. Don't worry about it. Don't let the things of what other people think get to you mm. because <clears throat> I remember I met a girl for the first time. Anyway, we were going to a function of something and she said, I'll pick you up, Jude. I'm like, yeah, all right, no worries. Anyway, she knocked on the door and I yelled out, come in. And I was sitting at the fire braiding the girl's hair mm. that just had their bath, they had their pyjamas on. Yeah. And... I was going to be away for two nights and so I wanted to make sure everything was right and whatnot. And when I was in her car, she goes, I owe you an apology. I said, why? And she said, because I judged you without actually getting, because someone told me that you live in a pigsty. What? And I said to her, what, because I have three children there, sometimes it's washing everywhere and this and that. And I said to her, I said, I don't judge people by their homes. If I want to be friends with someone and things get on top of them, mm. who cares? Yeah, like, that's it, isn't it? Go and visit them for them. Don't make people, because that what happens is then you stop wanting people to come to your house mm -hmm. because you put yourself in a box and you go, well, if that's what people think, I don't want them to come and visit mm, yeah. me. Yeah, I'm not good enough to have people into my home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a nice feeling to have. Mm. I just laughed. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, what? And I knew who it was. <laughs> I was going to say, so geez, like, who was that person saying things like knew that? Knew who it was. And I just thought, you know what, that's their problem. Mm. I don't care because yeah. I have a home. Yeah. And it probably shows to, you know, some people, I'm not judging people, some people can live very superficially. Like yes. what's really important to them. Yes is worrying what people think of them. Yeah. You know? No, I don't care what people think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've got a brother who's really, really sick, has no energy, mm. um, and his house is upside down. Now, if yeah. I was a superficial person, I wouldn't even step into his house. Yeah. I yeah. try and offer to help him, and he goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah. it's, not, it's not about, you know... I get a lot of comments when people come into my house and I take that from, I don't, thank you very much. Mm. But I don't do my house up yeah. to please others. Yeah. I've done my house the way I like it. Mm. And it's like I was on a few, because um, I love the Hamptons look, yeah, and yeah. on a few blogs and I put up a couple of photos and there was a couple of negativities and I said, you know what, if you don't like what I've done, that's fine by me, yeah. but you can keep your opinions to yourself. Yeah, this is the thing. I like. And so now I don't do social media. Yeah, like there's that always going to be someone. There is always someone. Even if even if they don't necessarily mean what they say, there's someone who wants to cause drama. You know, they want to say a negative comment because they want to 
interaction, you know. Most people that say negative comments are people that are not happy with what they've got. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a real reflection on them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, same thing. Bullies mm-hmm. are bullies because something's going on in their life. Yeah, that's you know? That was another big thing that I taught my children was don't judge a book by its cover, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And have I been guilty of it? Absolutely. I remember a person who I became really good friends with. I judged her the first few times I met her. I thought she was stuck up, <laughs> really. And then I was working for Justin Jeans. Yeah. And um, we had to do an ad. And so we had to spend a bit of time together because she was one of the other models. And then I got asked to take her home and she invited me in for coffee. Of yeah. course, excuse me. And we got sat down and had a chat and she told me her life story and it broke my heart. Yeah. Nobody knows what is going on in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. myself growing up through some pretty horrific stuff always came across a bubbly person mm-hmm. but nobody knew deep down what I was going through. I still remember the good times. Yeah. Because, yeah. There's probably a lot more good times than negative. Yep. And sometimes the negatives can be really strong. So it's really hard to get your eyes away from it. Yeah. But once you start looking back in and, oh, I remember that. Mm. Oh, I don't know, I remember that. Mm. And I just think it's all the good times that we need to remember. wisdom comes from age mm-hmm. and you know if we can't I've learned a lot from older women yep if I can't pass a bit of wisdom on to others that are listening you know I think then what are we here for mm. I think I think it's really wise and it's the same as when our my girls once they get to you get to a certain age and you go wow if I had done that a little bit different well, they've got kids. Pass it on to your kids. Yeah. Because yeah. things won't change. Things aren't going to change unless we pass the wisdom on to our to our children and our grandchildren. And, you know, my biggest thing is give it a go. Don't be scared to give anything a go. You know, um, and it doesn't matter if someone else doesn't like it. If you like it, that's the main thing.
this is like an, a different dimension, a different perspective. Yeah. You know, all the things you've been able to share today yeah. is wonderful. Oh, you know, you. because yeah, there's. I think sometimes when you're down in the trenches with your littleies or you know your newborns or different eras that you're working through, you can think, oh, it's so bad, it'll never get better. And it's like. You know, you've been through all of that. You're enjoying yeah. this next phase of your life, yeah. and it's really lovely to be able to share those, yeah. you know, experiences. Life with can people. be good. It's what you make out of life, <coughs> and yeah. let go of all. And like you said, those times where we feel like, did we do the right thing? Mm. It doesn't matter because you can't go back. Yeah. So what you do is you just take the next step on forward. You know. And just love on your children. That's the biggest thing is just love on them. And even when they become teenagers and they're driving insane and, you know, one moves out at 17 and a half, um, you just love on your kids and that should never stop. You should never stop. You should constantly. And they will definitely do things that you won't agree with and, um, you know, and even as adults they'll do things that you won't agree with. But at the end of the day they're still your children. Mm. And you still love, should love them no matter what, because mm. if they're not around you, it it makes you really um, miss them lots. And I miss my girls every day. Yeah. You know, um, and I miss my mum every day. Mm. And I'm watching now my friends dealing with their older parents. Mm. So part of me, um, I miss my mum, but a part of me is glad I don't have to watch her get old and wither away either but she she suffered enough in her early years but you know you just got to take life as it is make the most of it make the most of it because nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow yeah you know that's why we should just need to live for today and make the most of it and um don't whinge about not doing something (laughs) yeah just get up and go and do it Just go yeah. and do it. Yeah, that's it. Isn't but it? thank you for today. Oh, thank you. It's I been really so lovely. It. Thank you for having me in your beautiful home. Oh, no, you're welcome. I love these blues. It's like my dream. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> I can do it. There you go. Yeah, um, thank you, you Judy. <laughs> Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following, or subscribing to the podcast or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.